Produced by Curious Arts. Tell you what, if you're ready to, let's just get into it. Yeah. Lovely. Um, hello and welcome to A Curious Conversation, the first in a series of broadcasts on the run-up to the season of debate. Uh, my name is Alex Meller and I'll be having a chat with my peers about their work in university, the challenges facing uh, my generation coming into the world at work, and, well, just about whatever we get onto. Um, we are uh, Curious Arts. You can find us on Facebook at Curious Arts, on Twitter at, at Curious Arts, uh, on Instagram at Curious underscore Arts, and search us on the internet at www.curiousarts.com. So, Mr. Adam Brock, welcome to you, my friend. Yeah, hey, thanks, thanks very much for having me in. Oh, first one of the show, so he's taking the podcast virginity sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you feeling, my friend? Yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling kind of nervous, you know, uh, being a part of a spot like this, but I'm looking forward to it, and yeah. uh, hopefully we've got something slightly interesting to say. Well, and that is what we're about to get onto. So first, before we get onto that, who are you, where are you from, and where did you study? Uh, I'm Adam Brock. I'm uh, born and raised here in Sheffield, and I'm currently studying in Manchester. Oh, so you're local lad, but then why did you move over to Manchester for uni? Uh, well, I, you know, I really enjoyed uh, growing up in Sheffield. I, I really like it. But uh, once you get out into the wider world slightly, you realise that Sheffield isn't quite as big as you once thought it was when oh, you were about 10 years old. Don't say that. And, uh, uh, you know, the bright lights of London aren't really for me, but uh, Manchester, you know, it's still up in the north. It's still what I know, but it's, mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a heck of a lot more uh, going on. Yeah. Uh, both in, like, the, in the kind of music scene that I'm into. Uh, and uh, I, re I really enjoyed my experience around the university. Uh, and mm -hmm. it, f it still felt uh, comfortable, you know. Manchester's not that far away from Sheffield. Yeah. Uh, feel nice and comfortable there, but it's also experiencing somewhere slightly, okay. slightly more exciting, possibly. And what did you study at Manchester? Uh, computer science. I've got a, a couple of months left, and then I'm I'm home free. Lovely. So, but we're not here to talk about computer science, are we? No. Uh, the piece of work that, um, that that you gave to me, we got to look over, was uh, an essay about Metallica, written all in German. Yeah, it's a little bit of a departure, isn't it? Yeah. So, tell me a little bit about that 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 jump. So we go from. Computer science is correct, mm -hmm. all the way over to Metallica, but it's in German. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about that. What spurred that? Yeah, of course. Well, um, I always thought it really cool, the idea of being able to speak a, a second language, yeah. you know, uh, seeing it uh, on TV or in films. And then, of course, you meet a couple of people at school uh, from uh, bilingual families. Yeah. And I'd always be really, really jealous of those guys. And it just happened <laughs> the way school pushed me into it, the German was the one that... Uh, uh, I, I sort of fell into and so yeah. I, I wanted to continue that university luckily my course allows me to to, to study uh, a little bit of German alongside the uh, the coding and the binary and such mm -hmm. uh, and this year our task in, in German uh, was to uh, we, we, we call it a uh, just just make sure you're speaking directly into the mic sorry there you go uh, we call it a uh, dossier piece and it's all about doing something that you find that you're passionate about mm -hmm. that you can somehow link to uh, German. Right. And so I thought a really good way of, of testing my ability to express myself in German was to talk about something that I'm really passionate about. Mm. And that, that really comes across in the, um, in, in the piece of work. So just to clarify, you're at Manchester, you're mm -hmm. doing uh, computer sciences and you're also doing like a secondary course in German? Uh, yeah, it's like a, a, little, a little module. It's, it's worth about a, a sixth of the year. Ooh. That's not nothing. No, no, that's not nothing. Okay. So you told us a little bit about the essay, why it was written, and it's something that's, that's, that's passionate to you. Talk to me about, tell me a bit about the time scale. How long did it take to complete? Uh, so I uh, wrote this piece in about 
uh, over about three days. Ooh, show off. Uh, sort of like, well, but, but quite, you God know, defense. threw everything else out the window and quite a few uh, yeah. hours a day, you know, four or mm. five hours a day yeah. uh, at it because I, I didn't need to do a whole load of research for it because it was all uh, in my head. It was more about putting my feelings down on paper than talking oh, okay. about something uh, factual. It's about my experiences. So, uh, so not, not your traditional essay writing environment then? No, no, the whole point was just to try and uh, express myself in a foreign language and the best way I thought I could do that was by talking about something I was really uh, passionate about and uh, quite often if you're really passionate about a subject you've got a lot of the uh, information in your head already, you, you don't need to go out and find some more. So, so yeah, so a, a lot of the research to be honest was just sort of sitting back closing my eyes and uh, trying to wind the clock back about 10 years to when, <laughs> to when the Metallica happened to me. So that was actually 10 years ago. So how old are you now, just for the listeners? Uh, I'm 22. 22. So you were 12. 12 something. years old. Yeah, Some like. would say far too young to be listening to such violent material. I guess it's onto a good question. What does the music of Metallica mean to you? Because, like I say, you start listening to it when you're 12. Those are very formative years, especially for a, yeah. a young man. Yeah. So, what sort of? I guess the question would be, what would, would your life been any different if you hadn't heard Metallica? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I don't want to get too melodramatic about this. No, please. It's we're not. Artists, it's not that. that I know every syllable of every lyric to every yeah. Metallica song ever written. I'm. I'm not a. I haven't, got, I haven't got it tattooed across my chest or across my fan. heart. Uh, but Metallica, if it wasn't Metallica, it would have been another band. But it mm. just so happened to be Metallica where I, I heard one of these songs. And up until that point in my life, music uh, was pop songs. And it was verse, chorus, verse, chorus, mm. chorus. Yeah. Each song was about three minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't often deal with particularly heavy issues, especially in the, mi- in the mid-2000s. Yeah. You know, uh, some some could argue that, that that pop songs have really matured in terms of their lyrics in the in the last sort of mm-hmm. ten years, but definitely to a twelve year old at that time, yeah. pop songs were all about happy or they're about love or and it was Boyfriend, all very simple. Girlfriends. And because of that, you know, as a twelve year old, not many twelve year olds are massively into music, but I I, yeah. I didn't really care. You, you know, pop music was just a, it was just a thing, and that's what music was. Music was pop music. Yeah. And so when Metallica comes in, that completely yeah. changes the game. And what it was was a. Uh, a, a, a video game called Guitar Hero. Oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure many of the listeners will be familiar, but if not, uh, it's a video game that comes with a, a, a large plastic guitar that you hold in real life. Yep. Uh, and it's got a couple of buttons on it, and you sort of pretend to play uh, along with famous songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought this concept was absolutely brilliant. And, uh, and uh, also because it was very guitar-centric, it had a lot of uh, heavy rock and metal songs yeah. as, as part of the set list for you to help play along with. Uh, and a lot of these tunes are quite classic, uh, and again follow the sort of standard verse, chorus, verse, chorus that a lot mm-hmm. of pop music things do. But of course, uh, delve a little bit deeper in, into into rock and metal. As with any genre, for me, mm-hmm. it just happened to be rock and metal. Uh, you start to find uh, bands that really break the mold and do something completely different. And so there was a song on this this Guitar Hero uh, called "One" by Metallica. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, one is a sort of a seven-minute uh, odyssey of all the different styles of metal you can get. It starts out with some like a haunting acoustic guitar, and I think, oh, I've stumbled onto some kind of classical thing here. Mm. Uh, you get sort of uh, an electric guitar solo over an acoustic guitar riff, and mm. I'm sort of going, oh, what's going on here? Uh, we get a very sort of melancholy uh, verse that seems to be sort of talking about almost the horrors of war now to a, to a, to a 12 year old hearing lyrics like this in a song was yeah. sort of completely alien. And I was just sort of completely transfixed by what the heck's going on. And then, uh, you, you get to the first chorus and the absolutely crushing electric guitar and drums comes in. Yeah. And up until this point in my life, you could, you couldn't have an acoustic guitar and an electric guitar in the same song. My no. concept is just, it's just unreal. Yeah. You come through this crushing chorus and then you head back out into this soaring melodic solo over the acoustic guitar again. And, uh, just when you think everything uh, can't get any any crazier, we, we, we build into the end of the song, which uh, the band describe as having a shotgun riff, Ooh. where they strum strum the low notes incredibly fast in order to sort of mimic a uh, gun and, uh, and war scenes and violence, wow. and it just builds and builds and builds. And then we get this sort of, oh, to me, uh, uh, the craziest guitar solo I'd ever, ever heard mm. at that point in my life, and it's sort of... Uh, I think you might describe it as a face melter, <laughs> and it sounded very much sounded very much like, I like um, that term. sort of the the, the image the sort of technological imagery. Imagine sort of Tron Legacy. Oh, I see. What it, it, it sounded like a like old neon lights. Yeah, it sounded like neon flashing lights and 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 everything you would stereotypically assume the world to be like in seventy years time, when yeah. all of the scientific experiments we th- thought would happen came true, and uh, and then it, it builds and builds and builds and builds and builds, and then suddenly. Uh, the song just ends just silence and you go from, from, from 11 out of 10 down to the end and I sort of just sat back and breathed and, um, and you say your, your first that exposure was it. to this this is my absolute first exposure to was, any kind of but it was you were playing along to it at the yeah. same time yeah yeah yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. That, as minor capacity as Guitar Hero is yeah you, you were just, still playing along you just to press it. a couple of buttons down and watch the, watch the notes come on the screen but it, it was almost like an out of body experience. I wasn't concentrating on pressing the you buttons anymore. Everything it. was just sort of happening yeah. all at once. Wow. And uh, seven minutes later, which normally the, is the, the, the length of time of about two or three pop songs, mm-hmm. I finish, I sit down and t- take my first breath in about five minutes and go, oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, and yeah, again, at the risk of sounding uh, melodramatic, mm-hmm. it was just, you know, it, it, it was so different mm-hmm. to anything I'd ever heard in life at that, uh, at that point. Everything. It's, you don't really question anything at that age. No, Everything just, just sort of happens you just to let you. It wash over you know, you. music is a thing. All films have a good guy and a bad guy. Yeah. Uh, all music is, is quite straightforward. Mm-hmm. Everything is just sort of you sort of take everything for granted at that age. And this was the, the first time in my life I can remember just being utterly c- confused and uh, <laughs> amazed at, at, at art forms that could sort of book the trend like this. And of course, as I got older, I saw yeah. uh, films that obviously don't subscribe to the, the standard good guy, bad guy trope. They kind of blur the lines. Yeah. But, but, but this was the first, you know, uh, piece of artwork I'd ever seen, which really sort of broke the mold and made me step back and go, wow. So, so, and just open so the door. So this is the sort of the, uh, the, the moment of awakening. Yeah, uh, like, yeah. It, it, it sounds like, so it sounds know, so melodramatic yeah, when we say it like that. But it was sort of a watershed moment for me. And yeah. it really... It really directed, uh, really directed my my life from that point because then I'm I'm massively massively into my music these days. I've been playing guitar a very long time, actual yeah. guitar, not a not, the not a one. plastic one. But I do have to give Guitar Hero credit for sending me on that path, and uh, it it's di- you know dictated a lot of the uh, 
life choices I've made as well because I've fallen into these these kinds of scenes, yeah. the metal scene, and 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 punk and, and pop punk, and just and these these uh, m- music has become the most imp- like important experience yeah. to me in my life. I can't imagine any any better entertainment than going to see a gig or something. And this mm. and all this this love definitely definitely uh, can be brought back to this one moment where I was twelve Wait. years old playing with a plastic guitar and I heard a song that could be so different. It, it, it didn't have to, I'm not saying that this song as well is some kind yeah. of uh, ethereal thing sent, sent down from the heavens. It, it could have been any song. But it, but it was but for one me, by Metallica. But for me, it was one by Metallica. And secondarily to that, Ooh. it was um, Through the Fire and Flames by Dragon oh, Force. Well, that's, right, for those of you, the people that don't know, uh, Through the Fire and Flames, because it was, it was Guitar Hero World Tour, right? Uh, Legends of Rock. Legends of Rock, beg your pardon. Um, <laughs> well, that, that, that was my first Guitar Hero, mm. so when, when you're talking about these things, completely understand it. Um, but Through the Fire and Flames was the final song, isn't it? Right at the very end. Yeah, and for those of you who don't know, Through, through the Fire and Flames, they're, they're just, uh, Dragon Force are described as a uh, Nintendo power metal band in that wow. they play everything at a ridiculous pace. The songs are very long. Uh, the lyrics are all sort of Lord of the Rings, medieval ballads. earth kind of... Uh, yeah imagery and it's just it's absolutely crazy and insane but with a song like that you really can't wrap, wrap your mind about it and, and although it's really sort of crazy it's quite one dimensional it's all about speed and power and yeah. craziness i mean I, I saw them live at the o, at the o2 academy yeah um they were they were great um but i, I do understand what you're talking about it is but yeah complete but, but the point take was it back, take it back to Metallica, but the, the, yeah. the point being yeah. it was such a, a departure from everything i'd ever thought music could ever be yeah uh and uh that dragon force song kind of knocked my socks off but i didn't really understand it and it was also it was sort of a bit of a novelty. Uh, Would you say that that was maybe a bit too much? It was just, it was a novelty. It did one thing really well, which was go really fast and be yeah. really crazy and almost shock the listener. I see. And it certainly shocked me. But w- w- what really sort of spoke to me about uh, about what? on a musical level was was, was yeah. one uh, hearing lyrics like that. I'd really di- for another for another five or six years, I really didn't understand the meaning of the lyrics. Now another six yeah. years on, I'd be eighteen and I've studied a lot. Of, of history and developed emotionally, mm. and uh, start to, to, to start to contemplate the idea it. of what it might like to be uh, in a war zone. Have it, yeah. you know, you, you, you can try and empathise with people that have been in a war zone, but of course you can't no. unless you've ever been there. But you know, the lyrics start to to make sense. At twelve years old, it was all sort of Im- just imagery of, of guns and violence yeah. and blowing things up, which at that age uh, is cool. But you quickly you quickly grow up. Yeah. Uh, at least you hope you but, would. But uh, you know, it, it had a uh, as a twelve-year-old, it had a, a really it was about a really cool topic. Mm. Uh, but the, the mixture of the uh, of, of acoustic guitar uh, m- melding with the uh, crushing a electric in the choruses, and then this 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 final act, as it were, yeah. uh, where the, where the vocalist is is really quite angry with life and so the world. It was just it was just so different. It's so different to anything mm. I'd ever heard before. And it, it so you, opened my eyes. You'd say that your perception of the song has changed over time. Like it's matured as you have. Yeah, yeah, of course. Because of course, um, when I started to learn to play the real guitar, mm. I appreciated, you know, quite the the, the technical level of pro- proficiency needed to yes. play a song like this. I quite, you know, without without being rude, quite a lot of pop songs. Uh, you you, you, oh, you don't I, need I don't. a high level proficiency to play them. You yeah. might you might need a high level of talent to write a song that can galvanise a, a nation. Yes. But uh, in order to actually just just play along with mm. your favourite pop tunes, really doesn't require absolutely all, all, all that high level of skill or practice. Whereas a, a song so complicated and, and difficult as this, you know, it, uh, so you, you get a, an appreciation of uh, of how hard the artists have had to work to get mm-hmm. to be on the top of their game to be able yeah. to just 
even to come up with something so difficult and then to actually execute it because mm. you know your human brain has has no limits on the imagination you can imagine an absolutely insane song but it yeah. might be impossible for you to to play but so you uh, say that's another strength to to one yeah like it's like it's, it's a full-on showcase of everything the band can do yeah 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 yeah, yeah. because while, while they do a lot of crash bash scary tunes that, that christian mothers really don't like you yes. know if you played the first minute of mm. this song which it doesn't have any lyrics it's all intro if you played yeah. the first minute of this to a to a, a christian mother they'd probably think it was it's fantastic yeah play, play at church as people are walking in <laughs> i'd love to see that that's kind of my kind of church <laughs> um so this is all well and good mm-hmm. but i, I want to ask you wrote an essay about not just an essay about your experiences with metallica and specifically this one song mm. But you wrote it in German. Yeah. So talk to me. What are some of the challenges of writing in a second language, um, especially something like German? Uh, the main challenge for me is uh, idioms. Do, okay. do you know what I mean by uh, idioms? I do. But so for for, for the it, audience, yeah. oh, and uh, idioms are things that are uh, fr- sort of turns of phrase that yeah. are specific to to the language that you're currently speaking. These are you know cross that bridge when we get to it, sort of things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sort of sayings. Yeah. Uh, not not some not something like Cockney rhyming slang or like raining yeah. cats and dogs, but uh, a, a, fr- a phrase that has some other meaning but only mm. makes sense in the meaning current language that you're speaking. So cross yeah. that bridge when we when we come to it. And every language has their own idioms. Okay. And you, you'll find if you, if you uh, sort of con- concentrate and, and, and listen to what you're saying, that you'll use many idioms yes. just in your general speech in life. Mm-hmm. And so if you're trying to get down on paper the thoughts in your head, you'll find yourself using a lot of, of British idioms. Okay. And these just do not and will not translate directly into a foreign language. Specifically German. Specifically German. Yeah. And German will have their, their own idioms. Okay. Wow. Um, uh, there were some, there was some <laughs> really quite, they sound very entertaining uh, to an English uh, God, uh, speaker, but there's one, for, one of my favourites is Klapetsu Afatot, which means close the box, the monkey is dead. Is this so? Is that let me tell you? Is this some sort of guess uh, take on the um, closing the stable hall, st- stable door after the horse has bolted sort of thing? That that would be my guess to that. Uh, what it, the context they use it in is, mm. um, yeah, very very similar to that. In that, don't bother carry on doing what you're currently doing because it's already, it's already been ruined. It's yeah. already over. Okay. So, but, uh, like, but, like and, but, but uh, on on first listen, on, it sounds completely ridiculous. Yeah. And a lot of English idioms sound completely ridiculous to uh, to, to German people. Mm. And so, if you're if you're trying to write an opinion piece, the most difficult thing I, I think to to uh, to get across is you have to have such a knowledge of the target language yes. that, you're, that you're writing in that you have to be aware of of, of, of local idioms. So Otherwise, say, what you're saying is going to sound like garbage. Yeah, and it's not just as simple as writing an essay in English and putting it through Google Translate. Of course not. No, you actually have to write in the in, in the, the in target the language, language, yeah, because you know you're just not going to sound authentically German yeah. if, you, if you're, well, you're writing you in like English idioms, like and Google you're not going to be understood. So you can, and you could program a computer to, uh, you know, to learn all of the grammar rules of the German language, yeah. all of the weird different verb conjugations, all of the noun rules. You could learn every single part of the grammar, mm. but if you're still writing in an English style with English idioms, yes. it's, you're never going to sound like a like a native speaker. So, yeah. so to me, the, the biggest uh, challenge is getting yourself abreast of many, many German uh, okay. idioms that, that, that are useful uh, to your context. And, have it, and that, uh, that can only really come from 
having experience speaking the language a lot and maybe yeah. even visiting the country because schools and universities will teach you the, the bones of the skeleton of the language yeah. how sentences are formed they, they things like that conversational german there's there's too much you couldn't you couldn't teach uh, anybody conversational english to a degree where they'll know every single english idiom before they'll ever talk to an english person right. it's the same yeah. with german you know you, so. you only get these things by experience and it's really what it what it's what makes you sound like a native speaker versus somebody yeah. who's just trying to so, so to speaking learn of experience, how long have you been speaking German? Or at least oh goodness, German? I mean, it's an argument to say that I still can't speak any German. <laughs> but uh, uh, I'm sure the German speakers among us will have that uh, have that to say. Well, for people listening, they'll, they'll probably un uh, understand. That. I started in in school, chose to do the GCSE, mm. uh, also then chose to do the A level. Yep. Uh, and then I've completed uh, two two separate levels of the uh, Goethe Institute uh, European. Uh, framework uh, right, levels, which puts mm. me at what do they call it? Um, it's called further German further for anybody German. interested, and oh, it's okay. uh, uh, level B uh, 2.2 nice. on the Common European uh, Framework for Languages, which means um, uh, there there are six levels. Yep. Bottom two are beginners, medium two are intermediate, mm -hmm. and then the top two are advanced. Yep. The top two levels being, you know, you can really handle yourself in a German conversation. You're not going to yeah. have a problem at all. You're getting near to to fluency. Yeah. Uh, I'm on the up the upper intermediate level, which okay. should be uh, I can always make myself understood. I can understand other people. I should be able to um, watch the news and glean everything from it, read the newspaper, and nice. I should be able to share all of my opinions. And those are your standards: opinions and um, newspapers and that sort of. Yeah, so you you, you can German. you you can be a functioning member of German <laughs> society without being um, the most well spoken. I see. I suppose is the, is the goal once well, you finish that's intermediate, a, that's and so that's where I hope to it? be in about three or four months' time, and this yeah. essay is part of trying to demonstrate that I've got, that I've got those skills. Well, uh, that takes us very nicely on to the next something that I want to ask you about. Um, now, does the German language allow you to convey any ideas in different ways? You know, is there an idea, say you come across an idea, would you like trying to express it in, you'd rather express it in German than English? Okay, I see, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, say I, I'm monolingual, I only speak English. Mm. So when people talk about speaking different languages, again, it goes straight over my head. Mm. You know, I tried Spanish and it just wasn't for me, so I can't imagine speaking a whole other separate language. So that, that's one thing that's always, that's always interested me, is that using a different language to express um, some ideas better than others. Um. Uh, stereotypes exist for a reason. That's kind of uh -oh. a, a stereotype of, of, of German people over here in England of being very by the book. Uh, no, no sense of well, yeah, it's, it's German humor. Not a no, lot. Yeah, not a lot of sense of no humor. Yep, everything is very sort of uh, regimented, and everything is perfectly in its place. Yep. You've heard the term German engineering. Oh, uh, that, uh, you know, what, everything what works. Is everything that, yeah. is perfectly in its place. Mm. Um, and to be honest, the, the the grammar rules of German are pr are pretty pretty regular. Really? You know, you can you can normally be pretty uh, confident if you've been given a verb and a noun. You know exactly yeah. where in the sentence that verb and that noun mm. has got to go. Whereas it is, in English, you have a little more freedom freedom of expression. Just, do just the hell with, you want. Well, you know, just the order of the words that you put into your sentence. Yeah. You can put them in different orders, and mm. uh, people are going to understand what you mean. Where, whereas there there is a specific uh, order of, of of words in German. Exactly. I uh, I wouldn't say. There are any ideas that you can't convey in English that you can in German, and okay. vice versa. Mm. But I suppose you you might be predisposed to getting straight to the point. Speaking uh, speaking German. Speak German. I see. Yeah, uh, every, everything is as it is. All all of the nouns quite often uh, exactly describe 
a thing that you're talking about. So, okay, so, so, so uh, I'm struggling to think of an example, what, 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 for, for, for example, a pen. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the noun for a pen in German might translate exactly as thing that has ink in that you write with, for oh, example. Oh, I see. I, I get what you're saying now. Yeah. Uh, and uh, for, for example, there was, there, was a, there was an example in school where in English we might have a very long sentence to say, uh, the referee is, go- is, is refereeing in the final of the Football World Cup. Yeah. In German, that is one word oh. because you're, just, you're describing uh, a, a man, in this case, who is a, uh, a football referee and also happens to be the referee for the final. And that is all shunted together into one word wow. which describes this person. It's, it's a noun. You're describing a person and therefore... Yeah. Uh, that, 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 is one, sounds, that was one example of a really, really long German word. Dense and getting yeah. your ideas across yeah. in just such a small amount of well syllables, uh, um, characters. Another good example is mm-hmm. um, the Game of Thrones books. Okay. Cur- currently, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think there have been five Game ah. of Thrones books published in yep. the U- in the UK uh, across seven volumes. Two of okay. the books are so long that they've been split across right. two. So there are seven volumes in the UK. Okay. Uh, in Germany, uh, I believe there are definitely more. Is the point of this? I think there are <laughs> ten. I think there are ten volumes. But the point being, there are definitely more Game of Thrones books in in Germany. So how how does that? sort of level out if you described you can have a whole sentence about a referee at the world cup turns into one word one word yeah how does it then expand out to being you know 10 books rather than seven yeah because the the, the german language is a little bit more, more verbose it, okay it, you know you, you describe everything exactly and the way the grammar rules work um you need quite a few more words ah, to I describe see. the same the same thing in english Especially if the right you know if the writer of, of game of thrones is describing a a battle scene mm. and he's saying there's, there's there's people here who've been decapitated and there's people over here who have been injured and the, yeah. the sun's beating down and blah, 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 mm. blah. It, it's it, you need more words on the page physically <laughs> in german in order to get those same ideas across i see uh, just because of the way that the the language is formed mm. and 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 the way the the words work so that 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 is, that is a good example that uh, a german oh. can be it uh, doesn't have to be, but can be a lot more verbose I than see. English and getting across the same ideas. Oh, lovely. Three, three books longer three in books. some cases. Three books of extra words. There yes. you go. <laughs> um, speaking of German, in this sense, has it actually... Because, again, people talk about the, the, the pros of um, being bilingual, having you know extra job opportunities, being able to go to different places, all that sort of stuff. Has it helped you in any tangible ways? Say, for example, even with uh, this com- the computer science degrees. Uh, it's interesting you ask that. It has actually helped me in Ooh. one very, very tangible way. Uh, however, I, I wouldn't agree it. that it would that it would uh, tangibly help everybody. Uh, when applying for my my work placement midway yeah. through my degree, uh, there was a tiny little bullet point at the bottom of the desirable skills, and it was uh, can speak German. Wow! And it turned out absolute I, silver bullet. There. Yeah, uh, well I, uh, this this is the job that I that I ended up getting, mm. and they did very briefly quiz me on on being able to speak German in the interview because I said that I could. I just said <laughs> one sentence about the weather and they were convinced. Uh, <laughs> Not very good German But, but the point like. being that I was part of a, uh, uh, without going into too much details, part mm. of a team that fixed computers. Ooh. Very large computers. <laughs> and uh, our... How, go on, you, you can't say that. How big were they? How big were the computers? <laughs> Bigger than yours. Damn it. Uh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but, no, but um, the... Uh, main customer mm. that, that, that my team were charged with working with, mm. uh, all of the engineers were uh, based in Germany and they were all German. There you go then. Uh, therefore, it was, it, it was slightly useful to have some smattering of German. So when mm. the engineers uh, came over and visited 
the, the, the UK site to speak with us for a bit. You have if we are having any, if we're having any problem at all in discussing some of the, the technical uh, skills, yeah, you know, uh, once or twice, I'm, I managed to chip in and and, and and get an idea across that was holding up the conversation for a few seconds. Well, because so, I, I suppose if you're trying to talk about a very specific case scenario, yeah, you're not going to be able to flip open an English or German dictionary and find the specific word for the specific type yeah, of exactly. computer problem. Yeah, and I never thought that this would actually. Uh, massively help, but you know things come up. Uh, yeah. y- you never know when you might have to talk to uh, talk to a German person, a, or, a German computer or engineer of all things. So, so yeah, so it has tangibly uh, affected yeah. me. However, all of the other jobs that I applied for and was either successful or rejected, yeah, n- none of them asked for German. Not even a uh, little box that says I'm bilingual. Hire me. Uh, so on the application, there was space for you to write down. I, really? I, I have a medium level of, of German, but yeah. but but uh, not, not not too many were interested. That's so a fair point. you know, it is it is uh, in my sphere. It is a, it is a bit Yorkshire. niche. You know, uh, all programming languages are, are written in Americanized English. Oh, wonderful! So if you're going into coding, which I'm not personally, but if you're going into coding, um, you know, you can expect. German people, French people, Spanish people, to at least know all of the Americanized English words that will crop up, crop up yeah. on, a, on, a, on a page of code. So it's not really an industry that, that needs a massive amount of, uh, of bilingual skills. However, you, you need to be able to discuss problems with people in whatever language they're comfortable in. And so it has been Absolutely. useful for me so far, and yeah. I hope that I get a chance to use it again in my yeah, career in the good, future. Um, but speaking of giving advice to people, I think it's time we broke onto the the final topics I want to ask you about, something completely unrelated to all these sorts of things. Well, maybe not too much. What are the challenges that you think are facing the youth of today? And when I say youth of today, I don't mean kids. I mean people of our age, that 2018 to X bracket, people leaving university and going into the wider world of is there work. A, is there a, a, a gen label for that? Is oh, gen, I don't. It's gen X, Gen Y, Gen, gen X, Which one are we up to? I, uh, I mean, I got told... We were born before 2000. What does that yeah, make us? Uh, Pre-millennials. I, no, I think we are millennials, actually. Oh, wait. Oh, goodness. Well, thing, I, I've been called everything from Gen X to millennials. I mean, my sister's taken to calling me a boomer all the time just because <laughs> my, ha- my, ha- my hair's falling out just like my dad. So I... Well, always... regardless, regardless of yeah. labels, anyone going through university, I guess, is what we're, what we're talking about. Yeah, right? Or people of... Not, not necessarily people, people at are, university, but people, people of university leaving, age. Or people who are leaving university and going okay. to that next step. Or maybe people just leaving education yeah, and going absolutely. out into life. Yeah, so that's, you know... That's me in a couple of, of months. Yeah. Um, I th- I, we don't have a whole lot of time, so I think the most important no, no, thing to talk don't, about don't is about the... Um, I think the, the only way really to describe it is an epidemic of, mm. of uh, mental health issues that, that people our age are, uh, are having. Okay. And it's not clear whether mental health is just poorer in, in, in young people these days and it was better... 20, 30 years ago, or maybe or, it just or, spoke, it just w- or people were too too concerned about the stigmas attached to actually talk about it mm. 20, 30 years ago. We can't know for sure, unfortunately. But what we do know for sure is that the number of, of, of cases of, of people our age mm. uh, asking for help and, and, and admitting that, that, that they feel the they have, they're having issues with their mental health just keeps exponentially increasing. I suppose it's better that it's... I, I don't want to say out in the forefront but you know mm. it, it, it's better that it's out and not swept under the well, rug well yeah you can't get help if you don't tell anybody about exactly it. yeah. so so it's Quite good so. that people are, are feeling happier and happier to share but it's just awful that, that there's awful statistics i'm not going to quote one now because i don't know them by heart yeah. but it's something it's massive massive amounts of of, of people our age hmm. one in three or something are saying that yeah. they're they're struggling with their mental health which is just 
you know, it's so sad, it's, <laughs> sad it, to it's, think it's about. You're, yeah. You know, you're only supposed to have, you know, really tough, tough times and responsibilities and such once you fi- finally have left uh, yeah. it, your education and you start an, having to pay hurdle. bills and things. Yeah. But, you know, this, the, the, the people are, are, are ending up in this, in this state of mind, you know, before they even have to get to mm. what might be stereotypically considered the tough, yeah. the tough part of life. And, you know, growing, growing up is, is tough, but it sh- it's sad that it has to be. Yes. That is a, and, a that's a very succinct way of putting it. Yeah, and this and this year uh, had f- first-hand experience with a really close friend of mine who uh, really re- re- really struggled with this, uh, you know, in, in the in the worst way. And I, everyone in my sort of friendship group and I were just taken taken aback, really, at the uh, so so many people we know mm. are, are being affected. Yeah. Uh, through mental health problems like this and something's got to be done we've got to get to the the root cause of it somehow because for the fact that the numbers are still increasing we have all this awareness we've got great uh charities involved that are getting more and more funding and helping Mm -hmm. more and more people but um you know the numbers the numbers of people suffering are still increasing even though we're we're supposedly getting you know Supposed to be yeah. improving our service and helping people. I guess the thing I'd shoot back at you on that one is, well, maybe solving the mental health crisis of our generation is a bit much for the first episode of the podcast. <laughs> but if you know y- y- you encounter someone like you say who had who had potentially mental health mental health issues of some a variety, or there's someone listening to this podcast who may have this, what would be your advice to that person? Like. It can be as big or as small as, you know, it's like find your family, tell them that, you, that you're going through a, a tough time. Yeah. Well, you, a lot, of, a lot a of people one, feel, yeah, a lot of people feel very alone. Mm. So I've heard a million and one people say this, yeah. but it is just the truth that uh, if you can find somebody that you trust well enough to not, you know, to not uh, judge you or put you in under any kind of duress, then just, just tell people. Yeah. That That is the number one most useful thing. And while it won't actually, you know, uh, get rid of all of your problems. the 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 idea of having it out in the open and other people knowing can be quite scary. But it just yep. it just it massively helps and it puts you on the route to being able to to get yourself back in control of, of your emotions right. and such. And uh, so th- you know, yeah. that's what that's what I'd like to to hear people doing is telling. I, I you know, whenever I've got problems or something like that, luckily I've never had such a problem that I would class myself as, uh, as having poor mental health. But uh, mm. you know. Problem shared, problem halved is something I, I massively believe in, but it's not the same for everybody. Some some people are really quite mm. uh, anxious when yeah. when when, when a lot of people they have, feel that a lot of people know that you, they've got. You said it yourself. It's, wrong it's, with them, it's so. reservations about that stigma attached yeah. uh, to mental to having poor mental health. But yeah, but, yeah. Um, to end on a slightly more positive note, you got any good stories coming out of university? Uh, no, it doesn't have to be a horror this story. Is, this is PG, right? Uh, Allegedly, yeah, but you know it's our podcast. Allegedly. We can do whatever the hell we want with it. Um, God, you should have asked me to pick one beforehand. I did. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm waving my treatment in front of your face now. There's plenty of stories at university. <laughs> um, any horror stories? Any, you know, anything at all? Um, okay. So uh, <laughs> a good friend of mine who will um, remain, remain nameless, nameless will remain go. nameless. We're going to call them. Uh, Terence. Okay, Terence. Terence. Good old Terry. Terence. Uh, back in first year, Terence uh, and, and the rest of our floor and halls were, were mm. going out. Unfortunately, I had some kind of tonsillitis, uh, and it was a Monday. That's a very and it was a convenient Monday. excuse. It's a, a double Adam. header of why not to go out. <laughs> 
I got a lot of stick for going out that night, right. but I ended up out anyway. As you oh, okay. Say. So Terence, good on you, Terence, and 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 a couple of our mates uh, went out to on the Monday night. People from Manchester will know where they ended up on a on a oh, Monday yeah. night. Um, uh, and I was uh, struggling to sleep, staying up watching YouTube videos. And yeah. about, about half eleven, got some strange messages from Terence Uh-oh. on Facebook. They were written in the in the third person. <laughs> Well, I am Terence. No, 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 in the third person. Oh, like, no. Um, your, your mate is here. He seems a bit <laughs> out of it. And I was just like, hmm. So I uh, gave Terence a call. And or the person <laughs> talking yeah, about Terence. Yeah, yeah, I gave Terence a call. And the person that picked up wasn't Terence. Oh, no. I, it was some, some guy quite a, quite a thick northern accent. Your mate's here. He's, uh, <laughs> he's in a bad way. You better come get him. I was like, oh, Oh, yeah, no. it's, it's about I don't know. It's about quarter to midnight, oh, and no. I was sort of I was slowly putting my shoes on. I was like, yeah. God, I gotta go into town. I gotta find him. Uh, I'll message one of my other friends who's there. And we'll, yeah. we'll try and pin some movement. We'll find where he is. Yeah. Guy said he was in a takeaway nearby, and just as I was going out the door, he goes, Oh yeah, and he's covered in blood. Oh what? And I was like, Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. You know, I so I suddenly for a good story. There's a right? happy ending. No, 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 no. It's not. It, it's uh, this is misdirection. <laughs> so we. <laughs> so I suddenly go from sort of slothfully getting on my yeah. clothes on to get my shoes on. I'm bombing yeah. uh, out of the out of the, the halls complex now, sprinting to the yeah. bus stop. I jump I jump on the bus and I'm stood right at the front of the bus, like bombing up and down nervously. Like <laughs> I've got to get to this. Yeah. I've got to get to this takeaway where Terence was seen last, <laughs> and and find him and figure out what, what's going on. Yeah. And then my uh, another friend of mine who was was coming from the yeah. club to the uh, to first. the uh, takeaway. You know, we were trying to. Whichever way Terence yeah. had, uh, had walked no off, for we were trying to find Terence. Mm. Uh, I found Terence uh, outside the students' union, which that area of town is absolutely deserted at this time on a Monday. He was, oh, just, okay. he was just waiting at the bus stop, yeah. and Terence's nose had been turned into a pancake. It was oh, absolutely no. flat against his face. Oh, my word. And he looked a little like Two-Face from Batman, in that <laughs> the, 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 the nose had been Dent. squished to I'll one direction, dead. and yeah. that half of his face was absolutely covered in blood oh, and what, bruising. What, what had happened? And the other half of his face was just as handsome as it was when he, oh, really? when he left. Good old Terence. It's a good old Terence. So two, so two-faced Terence looks up and he goes, "Oh, oh, what are we, what are you doing here?" And he's sort of swaying around, yeah. and it, you know he looks incredibly drunk, mm. but you know it looks like he's going to a fight or something. Yeah. And uh, I sort of go, "Well, I could take him to the hospital, yeah, but uh, I don't know. He's just drunk. They're probably going to you know, look down on him, bringing another drunk person who's got themselves into a fight into a yep. hospital." So, uh, so I put him on the bus, and my friend uh, who came from the club met up with us and go, "Oh man, Terence is in a bad way, isn't yeah. he?" Uh, so we got him on the bus and took him back. And uh, on the short five-minute bus ride back to the halls, it was very clear that Terence was um, maybe drunk, but also massively concussed. Oh, I there, see. There, you can you can tell the difference between when someone's swaying around because they're drunk and when someone's swaying around because their their I, head I, has I, been given a really big bash. Yeah. <laughs> So we. Um, I'm so. I feel terrible for laughing. So we go. <laughs> really funny. <laughs> no, it is. No, it, it, Terence was fine in the end. I would hope. Well, so was he? He'd been, so he'd been pancake nosed and he was pancake nosed and he was swaying do you know around. What had actually happened to him? Yeah, we did in a, a little later. Go on. So we 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 got him to the to the there's sort of like a uh, security who are, mm. who are first aid trained at, yeah. at halls. So we went we went straight to them. Yeah. And uh, the guy said very clearly, Terence has. Uh, 
has a concussion. Has yeah. a concussion. You better yeah. take him straight. You better take him straight to the hospital. Yeah. And he, he was saying things that really scared. He said, you know, he's probably okay. He's clearly broken his nose as well. Yeah. He might be okay to stay here, but you know, you'd feel awful if you didn't take him to hospital and he didn't oh. wake up tomorrow. We were like, well, I guess we're taking him to hospital then, aren't we? And he goes, yes, I think that's probably for the best. It's like, you haven't really given us a uh, choice here, have you? <laughs> Cheers, Terence. <laughs> Oh, at this point, Terence was still very much out of it, but conscious. I mean, and he thinks that's the thing. You just don't go to sleep. Well, listen, Terence, just just don't go yeah, to sleep. Well, we we've taken him to security, but he mm. thinks we're taken into security because he's done something wrong, oh, not because no. he's uh, no, no, injured. No. And he turns to us, and uh, in 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 a, a brief snap of clarity, a brief moment yeah. of clarity, he looks at us both in the eyes. Completely, he so- suddenly seems sober and normal mm. again. He looks us both in the eyes and he goes, "Guys, you've absolutely me here." Yeah. And, the, and uh, he just looks so sad. He looks so betrayed oh, no. that he thought that we'd like You'd told on him or something. We dubbed him in. Uh, and we, oh, we felt so awful. And then we had to get him get into the hospital, which he didn't want to go to. Yeah. And in quite a comedic scene, we uh, walked slowly towards the taxi that was about 10 feet away. Yeah. And he ran in a wide arc mm-hmm. around the taxi trying to get away. But he ended up right in front of us again almost like a scene out of a cartoon <laughs> he ran all the way around the taxi and then ended up in front of us again and the thought and then it, it was sort of a look of defeat on his face oh like no. I, I can't escape everywhere i turn they're there <laughs> so all taxi. we did was walk 10 feet towards the taxi he ran all the way around it and during this run he'd gone from i'm free i'm gonna get away to oh there is no escape i'm going oh, to the hospital dear, dear, dear. so we got into we got into the hospital yeah this poor um, lad terence who does his nose bashed in yeah nose bashed in he's got a concussion yeah. he's really struggling there's blood all on his nice shirt oh, no. we take him up to the desk to, to, to check into the to the to a&e and they ask for his notes for his name and uh, his, uh, the, I think the mobile number of his mm. of, of, uh, relative. Yeah, I think that's standard procedure. And he goes, and I said, uh, Terence, yeah. sh- shall I read read the number out off your phone for them? Mm. And the person on the desk was quite adamant. No, Terence has got to oh, uh, got to read the number out. And yeah. Terence goes, okay, it's oh uh, seven three. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> stops there. Just stops <laughs> and then looks quite pleased with himself. And uh, I said, well, clearly Terence isn't capable of giving you his number. Please, yeah. can I give you the number? And the person just said, no, Terence has got to give me the number. What? Uh, uh, about 30 best. seconds of argument later, it was clear that Terence was not going to be giving this number up. So, yeah. I, so I gave the number and then we sat down. Poor Panky. And then unfortunately, um, we were sort of accidentally sh- shuffled to the back of the queue uh. by the... Uh, by the attending uh, nurses. That can't be anything. And so uh, we were there about half an hour before he was ch- before he was checked to see if he was in any immediate danger. Oh. And they said, yeah, he's got a concussion. Yeah, he's got a broken nose. But he's not in any immediate danger. So yeah. sit yourself down, wait your turn, you'll get seen. Yeah, we'll, figure, we'll put we, him we got to the hospital on. about one and we were, we were seen. We stayed with him. Well, we were seen I mean, at... You're good, a, you're good on you for doing we that. We were seen at 8 a.m. in the morning. Oh, wait, you were there for seven hours. We, we were all there for seven hours. And they... And uh, when he finally went in, they they apologised profusely and said, it does seem like you've been shuffled to the back. And the problem was, by this point, seven hours have just sat there with nothing to do. Terence had completely sobered up. The, oh, no. the worst... the He's worst start feeling all well, No, that. no, no, no. The worst uh, uh, symptoms mm. of a concussion had kind of faded as well, so. to the point where he was totally 
back in control. He was totally sober again. He was to- he was just plain old he was just plain old Terence, and we were all just sat there, just really <laughs> depressed because he's he's clearly he, he he's he, you know he massively improved yes. the situation. So he he's just sat there with a broken nose covered in blood, and we're all just sat there just waiting for them to yeah. inevitably pop his nose back in. And uh, oh, you know all the all the humor was kind of sucked out the situation. <laughs> Uh, it was good that we knew that he was fine. You know, he'd yes. been checked and he was fine. But uh, you know, all the humour kind of got sucked out of the situation after seven hours seven of just hours sat of, there, oh. and we'd go half an hour or something not speaking at certain times because we were just so tired, and oh, uh, and there wasn't any urgency anymore because he, you know, he was he sober was, again. He was and he was, and he was fine, and, and he was fine. He was just talking like a normal person again, and it was. Uh, oh, we finally just saw his nose him somewhere up his forehead. Yeah. So yeah. did you ever did you ever figure out what had actually happened to him? Yeah. 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 Well, also, he had, so he had to visit the dentist after this as well. In those teeth. So really? uh, when, while he, while he was concussed, yeah. he kept trying to. Terence kept trying to come up with uh, stories for the police, <laughs> not the policeman, the security guy at uh, halls, yeah. as to why he ended up like this. And uh, he said he'd got into a fight and yeah. he'd been he'd been hit from someone that he couldn't see. Someone had sort of come up behind him and then wrapped the fist around and knocked him in the nose. Yeah. And uh, turns out his concussed drunk brain was just making up a story to try and make himself sound less guilty. <laughs> what in actual fact happened Sorry. when he told... <laughs> made what, it all up. No, what in actual fact happened was yeah. he was incredibly drunk mm-hmm. and um, while moving from, from, from one floor to the next in, in, in the club with yeah. everyone uh, uh, from halls, um, he spotted a fight uh, uh, completely unrelated to any, to any yeah. of our friends. Uh, Terence, uh, I'm only five foot seven, but Terence is actually slightly smaller than me. Oh wow! So, oh dear. So this was a really poor decision on Terence's part <laughs> to try and interrupt any kind of fight, <laughs> even a fight involving small people. He probably wouldn't come out very well. And uh, he 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 comes he goes in the middle of this fight, and to these large drunk lads goes, yeah. "Whoa, whoa, whoa, guys, whoa!" Suddenly the big man. And and. Uh, and he, he waded in just at the moment that the bouncers got there as well. Yeah. And because he was oh, in their really area of influence, in he of was it. he was chucked out on oh, his no. on his ass out of the club for being involved in this fight. So at this point, he's he's been in a fight, but he's completely unscathed. <laughs> <laughs> so he's he's outside the club. There's nobody with him. He's a bit too drunk to even use his phone properly. He goes, "I'm just going to go back to the bus and yeah. go home." Okay, fair enough. Uh, but he takes a wrong turning. So and he goes down a dark alley. Uh oh. And he gets really really scared and so he starts running <laughs> absolutely at, hammered at, at this point. yeah absolutely hammered but he starts running as fast as he could while hammered and the curb is very high <laughs> and just looney tune style like running off the edge of the cliff he just sprinted off the edge of a large curb, curb and just, and just land and um because he was too drunk he didn't uh, terence didn't put his hands out to stop him so he, he just landed he nose just, first into the floor yeah he ate he ate the floor with his face and then, oh, you know, no. got up, dusted himself down, just casually walked into the takeaway, absolutely covered in blood. Yeah. Nose With gone. The, the nose in his and, uh, and that's at the point that we got the oh. call. Well, and we only found this out a few days later. Well, well, well but Terence, that's, that's one of my favourite. Yeah. Well, well Terence, wherever you are, we, we, we're glad we can have a good laugh at your expense. We're thank pulling you very for you, much. Yeah, we're, we're rooting for you. <laughs> well, thank you very much for coming on the podcast, Adam. Thanks um, for having me. And this has been... Uh, a curious conversation with Adam Brock. Uh, my name is Alex Meller. You can find our social media. You can find us, find us on Facebook, Curious Arts, on Twitter at, at Curious Arts. Um, 
sorry, at arts curious, beg your pardon, uh, on Instagram at curious underscore arts, and just Google us on the internet www.curious.art. Thank you very much for coming on, Adam. Tell us a little bit about German and about poor Terence yes. right there at the end. Um, but like I say, thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you.